0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: This is Coon for IFL TV. It's the 4th of Jan, 2024. It's actually my first interview of the year. Um, delighted to be joined by boxing correspondent, Gareth A. Davies. How are you, mate? I'm very
3: well, Cooks. How are you? It's first I think your last interview of the year, I watched it just today, was with Eddie Hearn. It was fantastic. He looked like he was in the Caribbean somewhere. Um Yeah, it looked like he was
2: in the Caribbean. A lot of fascinating stuff in there as well. Yeah, a lot to uh, kind of dissect and we'll we we'll, we'll come on to the Eddie Hearn and like his kind of final comments before the, the year turned. But um, just a kind of little four recap. Out of four out of ten for yourself last year, though. I, that was the funniest thing
3: on the interview. Was was it? what didn't you give yourself a four out of ten? Yeah, that's a very below par year, isn't it?
2: Yeah, but you know, listen, you've got to aim high, and then um, hopefully we get to a five or a six this year. You know. Yeah,
3: absolutely.
2: Um, Gareth, just a, a, a recap back in uh, quite um. Yeah, again, a manic week, another manic week in, in Saudi Arabia. Um, quite a lot to kind of pick through from this um, with the implications of what will happen in 2024. I mean, let's start with kind of the, the curveball that was thrown in by Joseph Parker's exceptional win, um, dominating win over Deontay Wilder. Um, yeah, I mean, was it really a shock?
3: Um i think the shutout was a shock i think the lack of menace that deontay wilder had in the ring in those 36 minutes was a bit of a shock but um we've been saying for a while joseph park was very active in 2023 four fights i know one of them was was it jack massey was a cruiserweight against him um uh, but no shame in his whole year and i think joseph's looked in fantastic shape George Lockhart's helping him. I think it helps the, the nutritionist and chef and i think I think Joseph's very happy up there in with the Fury team, and there's a great elision there and a great union with them. Um, I sat with Joseph in that Bedouin tent in the Crown Plaza the day after the fight, and um, I, I, I do genuinely think it was a career best performance, and um, was it a shock? I think the levels of his concentration for the 36 minutes were extraordinary. I think that was um, built into the shock, if you like. But I just think the the biggest shock was the lack of menace that Deontay Wilder held. I don't, you can't just say, oh yeah, but he's always that poor technically. He's always found something. So you have to question whether the fights with Fury really took it out of him. It looked like there was ring rust early in the fight, but I don't want to take anything away from Joe. Um, but Deontay Wilder's thirty nine this year, and he may be coming to the end. But I don't think he's finished. Um, I, I, I do think he'll have a couple more fights.
2: Um, obviously, we we learnt over that kind of uh, that weekend that the fight with Joshua and Deontay Wilder was in fact signed prior to. Um, them going into ring on on that night, subject to them both winning. Um, I mean, we know it's this is not going to be the case come March, but is it? Um, and Eddie Hearn used the the expression or the term "dead in the water." But I mean, would you still watch it? Dead in the water for
3: now, he said. Um, no, I wouldn't watch it at the moment. I think. Deontay needs to show something, get in the win column, maybe fight Garnu, maybe fight someone else like a Mahmoudov, or he's got to fight someone else. Um, I don't see how... Because Joshua's stock I mean, just to mention Joshua, I think that for me was one of his career best performances as well. Um, people can question the validity of Wallin, but technically Joshua was absolutely on point. He chopped the tree down and the tree couldn't find its roots to come up and go into the sixth round. I thought it was an outstanding performance. Um, I do think Ben Davison and and Anthony Joshua is a brilliant um, kind of match-up together, a great um, kind of union, if you like. I think they'll stay together. I hope they do. I always thought that from the minute they started working together. Ben is very emotionally intelligent very wise on his tactical achievements and actually I spoke to him in the week didn't use the quotes till fight day and and joshua did exactly what he said he was going to do and uh you know joshua could have got Wallen out of there any time from the third round onwards in my view lovely to see some combinations from him um intent stepping forwards um utter dominance and i mean i did say to joshua after i thought it was technically that's that in this phase three of his career, it, we've got the ebullient, aggressive Joshua allied with with really using his IQ. I thought it was phenomenal. And I think Joshua's stock has risen so much to the extent where Wilders fell in that fight that we know we've got to see Joshua in, maybe against a, in a fun fight against Naganu, but I think in a flip Hergovic fight potentially for the IBF title next. Um, because obviously the other two heavyweights uh, who I would say are above him in the division, i.e. Fury and Usyk, are already tied up.
2: Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. So, I mean, look, we, we, we're we in a little bit of a short space of time now in, in relation to finding out what happens with that IBF. We know Fury and, and Usyk fight on uh, Feb 17th, etc. But what, what, what do you think the route Anthony Joshua is most likely to go down um, Eddie Hearn has mentioned obviously that Philip Hergovic route um for the IBF depending on what happens uh with that IBF title. But then there's Zhang, there's Ngarnu. What what do you think he does, Gareth?
3: Well, there's Parker as well, I think. You you could potentially put him in with Parker, but I think he's looking to be a three-time heavyweight champion in the world. If that if they want to fight in March, the 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 potentially the IBF title is available. Um but I think we, we know that Fury and Yusuke have signed for two fights. So they're likely to fight, say, February, but maybe then at the beginning of the Riyadh season, depending on, let's say there's a controversial draw or something in uh, in that manner happens. And, and it's an even bigger fight, the second one. Um, and it's a blockbuster, let's say, and they have to do it again. Um, Joshua, I don't mean he's going to be treading water, but I think that IVF may well become available. I see that as a great fight for him it's a hard fight as well Hergovich is no pushover and really wants the Joshua fight spoke to Flip about that um but the route for Joshua now is stay winning stay improving um to the level he, that he's already at which is phenomenal at the moment um maybe fight Ngannou maybe fight Flip Hergovich or Ngannou and Flip Herkovich in, in 2024 um and I think early twenty twenty five he could have the, the either the trilogy with Usyk that Ben Davison fancies. And I get it, because I think for the first nine, ten rounds against Usyk, in the second fight in Jeddah, Joshua looked fantastic. And that's where that frustration came at the end of the fight, where he got the belts, of course, but and threw and tossed them out of the ring. But if Fury wins, we've got Fury on for twenty twenty-four. And even if Fury is saying at that point you know I've had enough my legacy's complete I want to walk away I think where we are now with the available funds for all these guys and the big the super league of your, if you like of heavyweight fights in Saudi Arabia I think we can get very early 2025 we finally maybe get fury joshua I mean it's really it's really come alive the heavyweight division in the last few months um I did urge patience all of last year when a lot of the critics the critics are always there but when the critics were saying you know it's so and so's holding up or this guy won't sign you know potentially by the first third of 2025 we can see this current generation really play out and maybe at that point we won't know who the number one is because you might need two Joshua Fury fights if you recall they signed for two fights way back when, and we're, we're just a, a little way away from, from fighting before Deontay Wild, Wilder won his arbitration case in these states for that trilogy fight with Fury. But um, my word, it's it's an exciting way to begin 2024.
2: Yeah, I mean, still a lot of it's up in the air, but I think we do know that, um, and I've not been referencing to the fights that we've had in 2023, but I think in 2024, we are kind of going to see kind of possibly those fights that we actually want to see i'm not i'm not knocking 2023 i think we had some decent fights there but i think 2024 i think there's there's pretty much no excuses now for some of these fights not to happen
3: yeah and and also let's say wilder gets back into the wind column and he doesn't win against fury and he he looks good again we can get Yusick and wilder a fight that we perhaps need in this generation uh, as well um you know Parker has made himself a player. Um, look, there's, there's, there's 10, 11, 12 heavyweights there at the moment who are in that group, if you like, that super league. Um, you know, Fury, Usyk, Joshua, Zhang. I mean, Zhang. We haven't talked about here. Well, you've mentioned him, but again, I can see Zhang having a couple of fights over in Saudi uh, uh, in this super league. Zhang at four or Parker at four, four, five. Those two. Wilder at six. Cabael looked good the other day. Frank Sanchez is going to come through. Jared Anderson will be thrown in the mix. I imagine by the end of the year, Daniel Dubois looks good again. Andy Ruiz was out there. I mean, you can just start to see. I mean, Bacoli, for example, who, you know, they're saying that has been avoided by everyone. Again, Bacoli. Let's get Bacoli in the mix there. He's a very dangerous animal for all
2: of them as well. Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've got to ask you, you would have seen Bacoli's social media post about um, via the GoFundMe link that he put into his tweet. I'm sure you've seen that. What did you make of that? I didn't see the GoFundMe.
3: What I did see was
2: um, Billy
3: Nelson putting out that I think that three or four of the guys were offered to It might have been on an IFL TV post, actually, saying that three or four guys... He'd offered to fight, but they'd all said no. The Sanchez is and some of the other guys. So, well, I know I missed the GoFundMe.
2: Um, so this was a post that came from um, Martin Bicoli's, uh Twitter account with a link to a GoFundMe page. Um, I mean, okay, I think it's been deleted now. Ah, oh,
3: well, we can't comment then. What? What was it about then? Why would it, was it? A, was it a spoof or something?
2: No, it was. I think that the headline of the the GoFundMe was help me realize my dream of becoming a world champion. I didn't. I didn't go too much into it. I, I saw it getting a lot of traction. Um, I don't know how much money it raised, but it looks like it's been taken off. Um, so I can't refer actually back to it.
3: He's definitely an avoided. He's definitely an avoided guy in the division. Um, he's a very powerful puncher. He's a great fighter um Billy's always claiming that Bacoli is avoided it it doesn't surprise me um but I think he'll get his time I do think he'll get his time if he's patient in the next couple of years because I I say that's it just occurred to me I hadn't mentioned Bacoli he definitely belongs in that top 12 top 13 in the division and and deserves his his shot yeah certainly some of the others to to move himself up the ladder (laughs)
2: Yeah, I mean, it is baffling. Like I said, Bacoli does seem like he's one of them kind of, um, if there was a list of avoided fighters, he'd definitely be on that list. So I don't know what quite the score is there about why Bacoli isn't in the mix with um, a lot of the guys that we're mentioning, because I'm sure he would run a lot of these people close. Do you know what I mean? I
3: I think the issue is... You've got five or six of the guys that are really commercially powerful and they so they hold a lot and you know money talks business always talks and, and you know they draw the numbers but i think he's just got to stay patient i think he is in that bottom six to ten um of the heavyweight division if you look at technically what he's done what he's achieved but i, I think he's just got to stick at it and i think he will get his opportunity
2: um just to to kind of recap on on 2023, who was your, your fight of the year for 2023? He sat in front of me with his father, Bill, while I was doing the broadcast of the Day of Reckoning
3: for TalkSport. Sports. definitely Devin Haney. I thought he was good against Cambosos early in the year, showed strong power. I thought his, his ability um, to withstand Vasil Lomachenko late in the fight, one of the most technical fighters yeah. around. Um, did a brilliant job in that. And then his performance against Regis Progray was very, very good. I think we're beginning to see the start of greatness. Physically, he's growing. Um, he, he's my number one. And I'd say probably Crawford, Terence Crawford too, even though he fought once in an era-defining fight against Errol Spence, the man of his victory. Manner of his victory. And also, I, I picked um, Noya Nui because, you know, going up again and becoming an undisputed champion in another weight class. Um, he's a, he, the monster is phenomenal. And if I was picking a fighter from the UK. Um, I, I, I was really impressed with Lee Wood last year. Loses to Mauricio Lara. Comes back in out is outstanding. He was brilliant against Josh Warrington. And if I was picking a female. I'd say it's Katie Taylor.
2: Yeah. Um, there was a lot of. Shouts for Terence Crawford. Uh, even though he only had the. The one fight it was a quite significant fight Terence Crawford had in 2023 uh, by beating Errol Spence. You see an argument there, Gareth?
3: Well, Crawford as as fighter? Yeah, of course I see the argument.
2: It, it, it was the manner in which he beat
3: Errol Spence. It was the and I I wouldn't mind seeing those two meet again at light middle, um, if I'm honest. Um, but but Terence Crawford is, I think, along with the likes of. Um, right now, with with Dmitry Bivol, is is one of the most technically proficient and efficient fighters on the planet. I mean, he's. I I do want to see bigger challenges. For him. I, I, I want to see. I mean, I, people poo poo this, but a mega mega fight, and and it is a big stretch for him. I'd love to see him fight Canelo. I really would. Um, I, I just think he can handle himself in there against Canelo. Um, it probably won't happen. It's up a couple of weight divisions, obviously. A couple of three, almost. They might have to do it at catch weight, but I just think Crawford's got the ability to do it.
2: You know? So, I mean, one of the talking points, obviously, from 2023 was the... I don't know if you call it a bromance, but um, the coming together of Queensbury and Metrum, um, something that we hadn't seen in this capacity um, ever. Um, but... In Saudi, it happened, um, and it worked, And it's a bit weird now kind of seeing, you know, you're seeing Frank talking and and not praising, but kind of talking in a positive light about Eddie Hearn and Eddie Hearn doing the same thing, where they're looking to kind of, yeah, work together um, via, obviously, Saudi. We know why this is happening or how this has come about. Um, but, yeah, this it, that's been quite interesting to see that kind of dynamic between Hearn and Warren uh not going at each other and not being you know, they're still obviously competitors as they both point out, but it's good to see kind of this this kind of dynamic in the relationship.
3: Not great for your industry because they're they're not hammering each other um all the time and it doesn't create that kind of clickbait. But the sport needed it. If you remember, I mean I I did an interview with Bob Aram leading into um Day of Reckoning Fight Week and um you recall bob aaron worked with don king a few times when they had big fights to make they always worked together yeah. um they're working together now because uh the money's available the fights can be made they've both got diverse characters who need to come together and fight i.e they're fighters um i think it's really good for the sport i think it's really good that frank and and uh eddie have been in the same room a few times it changes the way people talk about each other i mean you heard eddie last year say that he regretted calling shelly finkel shirley winkle and and that you know it, it wasn't something he looks back on and is very proud of to get all our guys together really helps they will be rivals again um you know bob Aram and frank warren have been rivals in the past and they're they're back together you know doing loads of stuff tyson fury was the catalyst for that so no i think it's really good i think it's really positive um they will be at each other again at some point. There'll be disagreements in the future. Um, they are rivals, however we look at it. Um, but it's a bit like now. Look back on this time and celebrate it because this is a time that is enabling uh, those heavyweight matchups to be made with more alacrity um, than is normally possible. I think it's a great thing. Um, I, I found myself taking a few pictures of Eddie and uh, and Frank together as well when we were over there. Um, It's really good for the sport. Um, I mean, and it's not even papering over the cracks, frankly. They will work together as long as there is investment and interest and growth um, from the backers. And and they'd be foolish not to be involved together in this time because these big fights are going to happen.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, your heroes in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment.
1: That is a harsh lesson in business.
0: Sports is and not as job. simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together.
1: I didn't want to do another stomp you
0: out speech. It opened so, up so you know, many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: in that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Well, I mean, when you look at kind of, we know, um am not going to say it, was. it looked like it was a case of obviously uh, Eddie Hearn bring bolts to the table where Frank was already at the table um, in regards to what's happening in Saudi, but from what Eddie Hearn could offer, and, and, and also obviously from what Frank offers, it just—it's crazy not to combine the two.
3: Yeah, exactly. And you—you you look now. Eddie's not going to be announcing events now on the same date as big events in Saudi Arabia. There's that kind of cooperation now if you recall he'd initially announced conor ben and chris eubank on december the 23rd on the same day as the day of reckoning that was originally going to be fury and Usyk. that won't have that'll have put noses out of joints that won't have made people happy because there was direct rivalry going on there at the time um i don't think that kind of thing will happen now um it's really good for the sport coogan it's really good because the egos. I say ego. When I when I say ego, I mean rivalry. The rivalry is not going to go on when they've got a, uh, the, uh, uh, an agreement where they they they're putting a lot of the same fighters on the same cards together. Yes, Queensbury um, is the promoter that's got um, the deal with Saudi Arabia and His Excellency and the, and the and the the um the Riyadh season through the General Entertainment Authority over there, um, but. Eddie's obviously being smart by being involved in it. I think I think he's got still got a part of Bivol still got a part of what's Op- got up Op- and he's still got Joshua so he had three uh boxes on that Queensbury card over there um you know so it it's it's it, he's made a smart move he could have stayed on the outside but that's what his Excellency is doing and I think they've all admitted that all the promoters that he said I don't care about your rivalries let's just get you all together working together and let's get these big fights made it's brilliant for the fans and and one of the things I've seen is people complaining about the atmosphere there when you're there yes it's different it's slightly different people are growing into it there's a different temperament over there and it's not as raucous as we're used to it but it's still it was still an amazing atmosphere on the night of day of reckoning as it was i've got to say for battle of the baddest um very absorbing um intense uh fights going on and there's nothing wrong with the atmosphere over that and i think we'll see more and more fans traveling over to to see these big events in 2024.
2: yeah uh, well, you made a good uh well brought up a little point there about december 23rd where initially um Hearn was obviously hell bent on having Conor, McG- uh, Conor McGregor, Conor Penn and uh, Chris Eubank Jr. fighting on that 23rd. It would have been interesting to see if that fight was would have took place on the 23rd. How that would have changed the dynamic with Saudi and Hearn, etc. Because the only reason that fight didn't happen, it wasn't through the fight didn't happen because they couldn't agree a deal. But it would have been interesting if it had been done for the 23rd and that fight was going ahead on the 23rd, how it would have left this kind of the rest of the landscape regarding like Warren Hearn, Joshua, etc., Saudi, how that would have played out. What do you think?
3: Well, I mean, obviously it's, um, you know, we're, we're, we're being recidivist about this and looking back on it and what it might have been, but it wouldn't have worked for boxing and it wouldn't have worked for them having a relationship in my view yeah um but but if you recall um it was fury Yusick at the time and i think fury Yusick would have not been eubank out of the water um so if it if that had stayed but so w- w- i mean i'm kind of knocking that question out of the water because when fury and Yusick wasn't going to happen on the 23rd then that's when they started speaking to eddie about getting joshua on well, that because yeah
2: yeah yeah i mean look it, it, it,
3: it we've had really big events on the same night before in different places the problem is when it's in america and here it's fine because the the time difference there's only two or three hours time difference between here and and riyadh so or it would have been three hours wouldn't it in december i don't think that would have been a good thing it would have it would have drawn it would have looked like Eddie was in direct rivalry with what was going on over there I think he's in the frame now he's in the group um and I just think the relationship is there now and I think it will grow I think I think the Saudi Arabian entity that I've just described his Excellency and his team um I think the relationship with those promoters that we're talking about will only grow from here on in you know for as long as they want to be involved and because he's such an aficionado of the sports um and he's understanding it all the time and the work of Spencer Brown in the background by the way through the whole fury um uh linked up and lineage with the Saudi Arabians it just helps our sport all of it helps our sport and anyone knocking it at the moment all they can really say is oh it's only happening because of the money but that's the whole reason it's happening is because of the money this is the whole reason that Fights went to Las Vegas to the big casinos in the 80s and 90s because they were putting huge site fees down so that the purses were right for the boxers and the fights were being made. We've been through a period when when stadia, when the stadiums were being used for big fights, where you could get 80,000, 90,000 in stadiums over here and it caused a huge gate. Um, or, or when the numbers were big because they were record gates at the T Mobile or the MGM it's just we've got you know what we call a paradigm shift going on there is a change in the landscape and and you just have to go with change um you know 26 years ago poor old jane couch couldn't get a license had to go to the high court now she's inducted into hall of fame this summer which i'm delighted about and many of us in the sport are delighted i covered that court case of jane and her first fight at caesar's palace stratum with a with a with a with a ceiling about this high. I don't know if you've ever been there. I've
2: been there many times.
3: Yeah, and it's it's like a sticky ceiling, isn't it? And it's sticky floor sticky ceiling. And literally the ceiling was that far above them standing in the ring that night. But you know, change comes. Now women's boxing, we're talking about the growth of it. There's always change. Um, you know, we've had misfits over the last couple of years, or you know some of it is is appalling some of it's interesting some of it's good the Logan uh, and, and Jake Paul axis and the K- KSI axis meeting with Tommy Fury this year has been fascinating um but it's change you you can analyze change um you know and and, and it gets the echo chamber in the prism of social media I uh, I think re- reverberates with a lot of kind of noise a lot of dark noise if you like but boxing is in a really healthy rude healthy place i think mm. i don't know if you agree but I, that's what so i think
2: I, I think we can see better light at the end of the tunnel at the moment as it currently sits i think we can kind look of look at
3: the start of 2024 we've got um callum smith and better be in quebec we've got um tasha jonas and michaela mayor in liverpool we've got Uh, um lewis crocker and 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 felix in belfast we've got um johnny fisher fighting in vegas we've got connor ben fighting in vegas and we've got the hearing coming up for that which is interesting we've got john Ryder and Mungia, we've got um i think um there's low i can't think of the others right there's loads of fights already to get excited about fury and usic on the 17th of feb only six weeks away 40 odd days away it's brilliant but well, what a great start to the year
2: well what, one of the disappointments obviously of say kind of the back end of last year too which follows on to this year is the the collapse of the the new bank and and ben fight um obviously we know kind of whose uh, next fight has been scheduled against Dobson on the 3rd of February, as you mentioned, in, in Las Vegas. Um, are we ever going to see this fight, Gareth?
3: I think we need to see Connor win a couple of fights, convincingly and well. And I think Eubank will probably have a fight in the middle and realise in the end there's so much money in that fight. There's so much interest still and that he's got so many advantages at middleweight if he faces the welterweight Ben at middleweight that it, it's it's just it's a no-brainer. But it might take till the end of the year to have this fight, in my view. Um, but I think on right now, to use a, a, a recent Eddie Hearn term, I think it's a little dead in the water. Well, certainly the tide's gone out on it. Let me put it that way. The tide's gone out on it. At some point, as the moon comes up, the tide will come in again and it will come into focus. Let's see what happens, I think, next week or the week after um, with this hearing. Um, And if Conor Ben wins his jurisdiction case or appeal from the board and UKED, he's he's able to rock on, in my view, because otherwise it'll be restraint of trade against him getting a licence in the UK. Because Eddie clearly wants to put it on in the stadium in the UK, and that's where to do it doesn't work in Saudi, doesn't work in America. It's a stadium fight, it's a nostalgia, a fun nostalgia fight in the UK for those that remember the the fathers of the sons, you know?
2: Name me three fights, if you could pick any that you wanna see in 2024. And they can't involve the same fighter. Devin Haney
3: and Teofimo Lopez.
2: Okay. Saul Canelo
3: Alvarez de Jalisco, Guadalajara, Mexico against David Benavides. Okay. And Tyson Fury against Anthony Joshua. Okay. If those three fights happen this year, I'm gonna be running around like a headless chicken, I'm telling you. We all will because I, I mean I think Fury and Joshua, if it happens, will push into twenty twenty five in my view. But um, if that could happen this year it'd be amazing.
2: Oh, it's only the fourth of January, so we can hope for the best. And I'm giving you a six and a half out of ten for last year, maybe a seven. Yeah. Um no I'll give myself a four, mate. Who,
3: who, who? Here's one for you, right? You get, you gave Eddie a six and a half, yeah. Yeah, but
2: I wasn't having a dig at him. I just... Made what did him... you? What did you give Frank Warren? Oh, is this where you edit out of the video? And don't no, I'm not editing nothing. I just... I, I, I may, I may not answer it because whatever I say is gonna. Well, I well, I don't. I thought Eddie had a very, very good year, but I, I think have, Frank I thought, Warrior listen, had a slightly better year in my view because of what's I, I should was. have asked Eddie. What I should have done was I should have asked Eddie. Have we, what is your giving Frank? You yeah. I'm actually <laughs> going to catch up with Frank soon. I'll ask Frank vice versa. It's interesting to see what they, how they now look at what they've, how they perceive 2023. But I wasn't having a dig at Eddie. I was just saying that there was a lot of stuff that went against him in twenty twenty three that didn't materialise and it's not a fault of his own. But I suppose I can't give him he gave himself an eight, right? I know he can do better than an eight, right? So I wouldn't have given him an eight. That's why maybe maybe a seven was a better score for yeah, him. Yeah,
3: but Eddie plays that game as he did in that interview where, you know, he's got the cover of um not GQ of um Ben's Ben's health. Health. he's got himself in great shape this year. Um he says he's gonna be in Hollywood movies soon. Um, he's playing that game with you because he works extraordinarily hard. We know how driven he is. We also know that he's got an ego, but he knows that as well, um, and his ego is part parody as well. So, I thought he had an outstanding year. I think Frank Warren had a slightly more outstanding year, in my view. And I know people always say, oh, "I'm a I'm a Frank fanboy, all this crap," but Frank had an extraordinary year. In when he said "game changer," he really did change the game um with the investiture of the, the the involvement of of the Saudi Arabians particularly with the heavyweight division it really did change the game um and and in 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 some ways um the two of them working together I think is as anyway that, that's the, almost one of the most important things to have happened late in the year because it augurs well for this year now that those two guys are working together and there's such a power base in the UK at the moment um of course we want to see the Devin Haney Tio Lopez Shaka Stevenson Ryan Garcia Tank Davis all those guys progress and come on in the States this year but um we've got so many fighters like the like the the Cruiserweight division over here that needs to get moving with the inclusion of Jaya for I'd like to see Eddie working more with Ben Shalom and that group of fighters to get those those cruiserweight fights done before up who's not the biggest guy in the world, steps up to heavyweight, because he certainly will, because he's got the power, even if he hasn't got the size, he's got the speed and power, and the money, the big money's up there as well.
2: What do you give yourself, Gareth, for 2023? I don't mark myself, mate. I'll leave that up to
3: other people. I can't give myself... I just try and work hard... I, I mean, you know, I mean, it's, 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 I don't know. I don't, I, I don't, I, I can't assess myself 10 out of 10 or 9 out of 10 or 4 out of 10. I mean, I, I, I just do what I do. It's not, it's not, uh, you know, what's that? Zero. No.
2: That's a heart. Yeah, exactly. I'm giving myself a love out of 10. That's it um okay well look. like i said there's a lot to be pieced together this year and i hope kind of when we reflect on 2024 at the end of this year that we're kind of looking back and going well you know we wanted this we wanted that this happened that happened because i do i think there is an air of um optimism
3: optimism isn't
2: there? optimism yeah a real air of optimism for 2024 Mm. and i just hope it hope it delivers um and hopefully you know it won't just be champagne boxing it will be champagne and caviar boxing you know
3: that's a very good point as well no but we need that we need the from the bottom up to work as well in boxing as well as the top down and i think that's where we'll begin as the top down looks very successful this year as it goes on we've got to look and see how we draw from the bottom up as well with the small hall shows with 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 smaller promoters with the with with we, that's got to be looked after as well, in my view.
2: Um, sorry, just in that running, you were talking about kind of in the first couple of months of uh, 2024, um, Buatsi and Aziz. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um,
3: Great fight. Great fight. Two friends fighting each other, both with so much to gain and lose. You know, you see Buatsi technically as 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 probably the favourite. But Dan Aziz will get the very best out of him. Um, Aziz, probably one of the most improved boxers in the UK in the last couple of years, if not in Europe or even the world. Um, it's a terrific fight. It's delayed. Cannot wait for it. And now there's a bit of spike between them as well, because that time in between has allowed it to marinate a little bit. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to being at that one as well.
2: Okay. Well, Gareth, thank you very much for your uh, time. I'm sure we'll be pestering you as the year ponders on. You
3: never pester me. It's always a pleasure.
2: Um, are you covering any shows coming up soon? I am indeed. I'm going to be at
3: Callum Smith and Art Abeta nipping out to Quebec for that. Bit of work for ESPN, top rank on that one. Uh, bit of TV work and then... Um, I'm gonna be uh with Talk Sport at Natasha Jonas and Michaela Meyer up in Liverpool. I see Jonas as a decent favourite in that one. It's gonna be a tough night for Callum Smith against Better Biev. I mean, I'd love him to do brilliantly and win those three belts, but I'd also like to see Bete Biev and Dmitry Bivol this year as well. So um, you know, uh, I'm a bit a bit torn on that one. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'd like to nip over to Vegas for the Conor Ben and Johnny Fisher event. Uh, um, So I may well go to that early Feb as well. Um, And then it's Saudi in in mid-Feb, and I'm going to go well in advance for that. So it's on the road, baby, on the road.
2: Gareth, thank you very much for your time. We'll definitely catch up with you at one of these events, whichever one it is. And, uh, yeah, I hope you had a good Christmas, a wonderful new year. And um, yeah, all good.
3: Get that tree down soon, eh?
2: Yeah, I'd get that down, mate.
3: (laughs) And we're going to get a big bonfire out in the paddock. Uh, Thanks,
2: mate. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much, Gareth.
0: I'm fine. Sports Social Podcast Network.